970 WAMD Aberdeen and this is the Hartford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Hartford County and beyond. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby. The Hartford Edge is brought to you each week by your Hartford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Senior Deputy Robert Kovacs, the School Resource Officer for Patterson Mill High School, and Christy Hopkins, Director of Media and Public Relations, both with the Hartford County Sheriff's Department. We want to talk about bigotry, and not just about the insidious dehumanizing bigotry based on race, creed, age, gender, orientation, whatever. I want to talk today about bigotry towards law enforcement officials. Is this okay so far? Yeah. Okay. Um, what is bigotry? It, it basically is classifying someone based upon what they do or a class they're a member of, hating them or loving them because of it, uh, assuming that they're going to act a certain way or they have certain feelings in their hearts and minds based upon the actions of another in their class. Um, and I think it's, it's horrible. First of all, it dehumanizes men and women who do this job. Um, second of all, it, it causes us to take advantage of them. Um, and the reason I thought about this is not something simple like Officer Darren Wilson being deprived of his due process rights just because he was sacrificed to a cause that is a, in some ways a valuable cause, uh, a valid cause. Uh, but I'm talking about um, like, we have this hurricane today, and people refused mm -hmm. to evacuate. And we have now hundreds of men and women, um, first responders, police, um, medical, um, that are out there now with, like, debris flying by their heads, doing a swift water rescue of people who are in, the, on their, in their attic because they, they were either too ignorant or, or we just weren't thinking. And... By doing that, they are taking the, the emergency people for granted and endangering them. Um, we were talking about it before we went on the air, this horrible storm and floods we had a few weeks ago. People were complaining on the dagger that how, how did they, the police and uh, uh, DES let people be out on the road? Uh, first of all, mm -hmm. do, do, are people signed up for the alerts? How, how, Very easy If there to was do. an alert, yep. what do they expect people to... 
you know, drop flyers from a helicopter. <laughs> so, I would just ask that all of us, me included, not, we're not perfect. When you, don't, don't assume and realize you're putting a human's life in danger. Uh, um, so, that wasn't so bad, was it? No, it wasn't. And I think there's an element of truth. I was watching today on the news. They've already rescued 200 people from New Bern, I believe is the town. And there's 150 more to rescue, and they're in the eye of the storm right now. Yeah. So if you're going to stay, don't call for help. But law enforcement would never let somebody suffer because they chose to stay, because that's your duty and what you're sworn to. So it Any is... Any of our first responders. Yes. That yep. is their responsibility to protect yep. life and save life. And um, we just continue to try to put messaging out there, safety messaging, and ask people to please heed the warnings of mm -hmm. your local officials. And these storms come up so... Now, the hurricane people had been planning for... We've, we've seen it. We've watched it come across the Atlantic for mm -hmm. days now. We've yeah. been watching plenty of time to prepare. There are instances like the Ellicott City mm -hmm. um, tragedy or what we saw here in our county two weeks ago that there wasn't as much warning, but certainly there were warning messages that came out. Mm -hmm. I think we become complacent. I think we're busy with our own lives. We don't think it'll happen and to us. We're, yeah. And we're mm -hmm. taken off guard. We're just mm -hmm. taken off guard. So uh, we certainly do at the Sheriff's Office ask people to, to be prepared and to remember those safety messages and Turn around, don't drown is the is the big one that we talk about over and over again, and mm -hmm. that is so important because those waters can can mm -hmm. take over so quickly. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, and uh, the people the people are first to say, um, <clears throat> you know, when whether it's the schools or the police or emergency services <coughs> does send out a warning, and then it doesn't happen. <coughs> They could have been right ten times. This right. time they were overcautious. Right. But they'd be the first people yelling if something did happen, and we didn't give a, a, a strong enough warning. Okay. So, I hope that was constructive. That was constructive, and I hope people are listening. Because we're going to get remnants of the storm here. You know, we're going to get rain, yeah, we'll, we're going to we'll get We'll talk wind. about that at the news, what, what might have happened. I can't even think about what it is. This storm... There was um, the police chief of Wilmington, North Carolina, was on, and this is clearly he's like Jeff, not someone prone to hyperbole or dramatism, or and he just stopped and he said, "What we're seeing here, I'm afraid, is going to be biblical proportions." And I heard he that. was. I heard him say that. And, yeah, I did. And too. it was like this guy is not throw words right. like that around right. normally. Um, so anyway. That is that. And we'll do trivia now. You ready? Trivia. Did you, you didn't tell yeah, them about the trivia. I did. I, I, okay. yeah, but I, I didn't know, I didn't know what trivia. to study, though, so I... So you studied everything. I just, yeah. <laughs> studied for your SATs all night. You, you said to your wife this morning, okay, I just finished the internet. That's right. That's it. <laughs> What's next? Now I'm going to work. <laughs> all right. Here we go. In the Harry Potter series, what is the name of Harry's pet owl? Anybody a Harry Potter fan? Other I've than never. Me? Oh, my oh, wife is going right. to kill me. You said you were going to watch. <laughs> I've never Full seen Full disclosure, it. my wife is a librarian. Oh, so. <laughs> my goodness. Where is she a librarian? Uh, a private Catholic school in Baltimore County. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask these uh, folks to move over a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Here. The owl's name. Um, I, I can't think of Oscar. it. Oscar. What does it begin with? H. And ends How? with a G. And uh, uh, her wig. Very close, Bob. Helwig. Very close. Heswig. 
Don't make me go through all the confidence. <laughs> well, sometimes I stop you too soon and you oh, go, why did you stop that, me? That's right. That's a good point. Do you get half credit then? Do you, yes. do you, he'll give himself any credit that yes. he can. Hedwig. 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 Yes. Did you Google that there it while is. we were talking? No, I all think right. you, Christy, said Hedwig. No, I didn't. Yep. No, it was it all you. It just came to you. Yeah. Hopefully your wife will not uh, shame you too much. <laughs> we can edit it, by the way. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Just say the word Hedwig now. We'll Hedwig. There you go. There it is. All right. Which <laughs> gland in the human body regulates metabolism? Um, oh. Your thyroid. That's correct. I win. I get a point. You do. Yeah. Bob's Alrighty. half a point, so I'm winning. That's right. <laughs> I love that you're keeping score. You We've never have, had that before. You're winning. You have double my score. <laughs> yes. Her wig was not the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which sea separates the East African coast and the Saudi Arabian Peninsula? Red Sea. Good job, Bob. Moses. Not looking good here. Neck and neck. Oh, this is not good. Charlton, right. Charlton Heston parted it. Oh, that's true. He did. <laughs> that's why you know it. <laughs> Who was the author of the children's fantasy novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Um, C.S. Lewis. There you go. I knew there it, but I let go. you say Thank it. You. Good job. <laughs> now, are you guys on the same team? <laughs> oh, we should collect points we together. Should, yes. There you go. Why not? Sorry, Bob. Why not? You're on your own. Okay. Lox, often served on a bagel, is a filet of brined what? Salmon. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank Mr. You. Mumby, you're going down. Yeah, I mean, I tailspin. <laughs> Smoke coming out of the left engine. All right. Who interrupted Taylor Swift's accepted speech at the 2009 oh, Video Music this. Awards? I don't watch that stuff. Kanye West. Yeah. Jerk. I know. And he continues to just go down that road every time he's thing. in the news. It is his thing. That's true. All right, Chile shares the majority of its border with which other South American country? Argentina. Correct. Yeah, I was going to say that. Catching up. I, 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 I hope one of you guys it. is keeping score. Can I'm we get a buzzer score. for the next time we're here? I have seven. I have seven. They have four. What? How did that happen? All right, Bob, this one might be unfairly slanted to you. No. Not because of the word oldest that's in the question. Uh, uh. <laughs> Who was the oldest member of the rock band, The Beatles? Uh, um, John. Ringo. Ringo. Yes. Oh. Are you just going to name Beatles until yes. you got it? Yes, I let him go first, and then I chose second. Because I, I always... wasn't going to guess Ringo. <laughs> well, there's four. I mean, it yeah, would have been yeah. quickly uh, discovered. And George was the youngest, right? That'll be next week. Okay. In which country did cheddar cheese originate? This was an eye-opener for me. Cheddar cheese originated in which country? Hmm. Germany. No. I really have no Just even guess a guess. country. Think of dykes. Jeez. I was going to say Switzerland, but I don't think... <laughs> Come on. Netherlands. Which country? France. Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, England. Yes. How did you get what? How did I guess it? I named every other country in Europe. <laughs> Unless it was Thailand, we were eventually going to get it. <laughs> that would be a trick question, right? All right. Published in 1978, The World According to Garp was written by which American novelist? Uh, uh, 
kind of um, writes odd, yes, but very uh, engrossing books. Oh my God, I can't believe it's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, I Hotel know. New Hampshire, yep. Clan of the Cave Bear, yep. um, Garp, um, initials J I. Oh, John Irving. Yes, correct. No, I'm right. a fourteen to two now. No, that was a good one. <laughs> well, they had four last time. So. <laughs> I'm <not> kidding. <laughs> That's it. You guys did awesome. Oh, oh yeah. I don't feel Woo. good about myself. <laughs> no, no. no. Oh. You're gonna have to redeem yourself with the Hedwig thing, but I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> I hope not. Oh my gosh, it's on the PA system yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> that is um, really, really excellent, excellent work. Yes. Okay. Um, well, we want to get to. Uh, we've already chattered a lot, so. Um, As is want. We do one knowledge thing, um, and this normally is some meaningless, meaningless thing that I found. <laughs> um, we put, we went to the moon before we thought to put wheels on suitcases. Wow, Bob, you're right. That all is right. interesting. <laughs> That's good. That's all on that. And news, we're just going to talk about what ifs. We this storm, this hurricane, we've been talking about it. Um, and just uh, amazing what uh, is unfolding down there. And that could have been here um, very easily. As, as late as Monday and Tuesday, uh, the, the, the track or the forecast cone was headed right for us. And I, I'll ask you folks, um, if we got hit by this with the wind and the rain, um, I think it would have been more rain than we saw with Floyd. The storm surge would have swamped Isabel, which means Annapolis, Havre de Grace, a lot of the uh, river, um, the tidal rivers up and down the uh, east coast of Harford County, um, saturated ground, wind, trees, mm -hmm. flooding, uh, bare ground that really would just, the sediment that would be washed away. Um, I can't even imagine what what we would have uh, if, mm -hmm. if this what we could have would have experienced here. So, um, prayers for the folks down in North yeah. and South Carolina, and we'll see the um, we'll see the end of it when it comes up and loops back around. They say and mm -hmm. um, hits and us it, on the rear flank. Yep, and it's so slow. It, as soon as it hit land, it just stopped. Stalled. So that's going to be a real um, detriment. Um, uh, I have to say this one of the wisest things I say facetiously my wife ever said. <laughs> Sorry, Cindy. <laughs> I try. When it was <laughs> when they changed the forecast cone, uh, this was about Tuesday. It was he my my daughter is oh, in yeah. Floyd, Virginia. Okay. Um and Cindy looked at it. Love you, honey, you're brilliant. Um, I mean that seriously, but not in this particular case. Um, she said, oh, my God, we better go down there and get her. Like, mm -hmm. and I showed her a map. It's 290 miles from the coast. It's 2,400 feet above sea level. <laughs> <laughs> so really there was no, and she had us going in with the Marines with these okay. swift water teams. <laughs> She's a good mom. <laughs> And little do we know that Grace was on her way here to visit us first. Uh, so that was a, a, a pleasant uptick. But is she here? Did she make it okay? She got through the. Yeah, Carolinas. she's in Baltimore now with friends. She's coming tomorrow. Excellent. 
Excellent. So the planning has begun. Excellent. <laughs> so You're all on my list for Absolutely. today. Absolutely. <laughs> Grocery store. Yes. store. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Senior Deputy Robert Kovacs, School Resource Officer, and Christy Hopkins, Director of Media and Public Relations, both with the Hartford County Sheriff's Office. Harford County Public Library will host Tim Junkin, the 2018 One Maryland One Book author of Bloodsworth, the true story of the first death row inmate exonerated by DNA evidence. This event is read on October 2nd at 7 p.m. at the Abington Library. Registration at hcplonline.org is requested. The book details the story of Kirk Bloodsworth, an innocent man who faced a death penalty and was freed in 1993 thanks to new technology at the time, DNA testing. He has gone on to become a spokesman against capital punishment. In addition to the author event, 18 book discussion programs will be held at libraries in other locations throughout Harford County through October 25th. For times and locations, visit hcplonline.org or pick up a copy of Headlines and Happenings at any Harford County Public Library. One Maryland, One Book is a program of Maryland Humanities and is presented in Harford County by Harford County Public Library and its partners, Harford County Community College and Harford County Department of Community Services. Welcome back. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted today to have Harford County Sheriff's Office Senior Deputy Robert Kovacs and Christy Hopkins, Director of Media and Public Relations, in the studio with us at this very moment. Senior Deputy Kovacs joined the Harford County Sheriff's Office in 2006. He is currently celebrating his 10th year of being a school resource officer. Currently, he's working at Patterson Mill High School, and he previously worked at Edgewood Middle and Falston High and Falston Middle Schools. Welcome, welcome, Deputy Kovacs and Christy, and thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having us. You almost made it. I did. There, I was so <laughs> close. See, now there's pressure. I always, like, uh, mumble a word or get something mixed up. Well, you've done it now. Thank you. you. you uh, it's always right here. Same time. <laughs> Same bat channel every Friday. <laughs> and, and, and don't think you got off the hook, uh, Christy. Uh, give us a little bit of your quick biography. There it is. Oh. How'd you get here? How'd I get here? By car. By car. <laughs> By Humvee down the road. No, I, I came to the sheriff's office five years ago. Um, I'm a civilian. I, I'm not sworn law enforcement. And um, I have really enjoyed my time here. I say it is the hardest job I've ever had. It is the hardest I've ever worked. But working with the men and women in the sheriff's mm -hmm. office, it is a lot of fun <clears throat> on most days. And I just, I enjoy... I, I can't do their job, and I will readily tell them I, I have the utmost respect for law enforcement and correctional deputies. I feel like my job is to be able to support them and help the community understand what a fantastic job they do every day, and I'm, and I'm honored to have that job. Well, and as I tell everyone, you're my second favorite public information <laughs> officer mm -hmm. in the world. Cindy, my geographic mm -hmm. expert. Wife is my yes. favorite. Leave her alone, Bob. Okay, uh, 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 Officer Kovacs. By the way, do I do we call you Deputy Kovacs, Senior Deputy Kovacs, Officer Kovacs, Robert? Mister Kovacs. Call me Robert. I mean, okay. we're among friends here. I think, <laughs> yes. um, but uh, officially, it is Senior Deputy. Okay. Officer, it's never because uh, we are a sheriff's office instead okay. of a police department. So. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, and 
your dad uh, for your service because you oh. get up every day and you oh. put on the gear and you stand between us and them. So um, it, there's there's no thanks that can be expressed by words. What well, an honor it really is to to put on this every day. It's an honor to to serve the people of Harford County. Um, well, thank you for that. I was, I, we were talking before the show. I was just, just up in New Jersey with the families of 37 police officers, one of whom was uh, my best buddy, um, who died in 911 at the Trade Center. So it's a stark reminder of what um, you folks, uh, any day you get up, you don't know what you're walking into. So um, SRO, a uh, lot to clear up here for people. and. Uh, we really want to talk about what f what SRO is, um, and I, it's been in the news because now there's been funds committed for SROs in every middle and high school, and there yes. has been in a few. So first tell us what an S, uh, uh, SRO is. All right. Uh, SRO, School Resource Officer. Um, we are... I like to say in a school building that it's, it is a city and we are the, the cop of the city uh, with the principal being the mayor and uh, that is how we, we run the building and uh, we have the assistant principals as the, the council people and uh, the, the guidance counselors are uh, esteemed advisors and uh, all together as a team we make sure that education is number one priority within that building. Um, so a school resource officer is the proactive presence of police on campus. Um, when I go into classrooms, I, I always tell them, I am not here to only be reactive, although I do that sometimes, um, but I'm here to make sure that things are going smoothly, to make sure that people are obeying uh, laws, and that um, that you are learning because that is that's why you're here and when things interfere with that then we make we we take steps to, to correct that so um, so but as far as the duties I mean I, I think it's and I just want to follow up on that it's not just as emergency response it's really I mean a to give kids positive role model absolutely um, to, uh, to get kids uh, I think who were often like we we're talking earlier may not view a police officer um, in context of what their overall role is of safety of uh, prevention um, uh, uh, to protect and serve so how do you train? I'm sure you were involved in the training as we brought in the, the new officers. Talk to us about the model for training an SRO. Um, as far it, I, there's countless different scenarios I can imagine where right it's not right. instinctual or it's it's counter instinctual. Well, and I'll tell you right from the beginning when we're posting for the position of school resource officer, we are listing exactly the type of person we want for this job. And I, I could go into a roll call and say, hey, who wants to be a school resource officer? And I, most of those people will say, uh-uh, you can have it. We, we don't want that job. Um, and it's not because they don't want to care for the safety of kids. Um, it's, it's because mm -hmm. that, that role, they, they don't want to be that role in a school. 
And so we're looking for people who want to be in the public view all the time. We want people who are not afraid to interact with kids that they don't know. Um, <clears throat> people that want to go into classrooms and talk about a variety of different topics. Um, this week I, I was in all of the working with children classes uh, talking about child abuse and mandated reporting because we have a, a preschool at Patterson Mill and okay. my, my high schoolers interact with these three and four year olds and if they suspect any child abuse they have to report it to the teacher in charge. So I went over child abuse and how to look for child abuse and you know those are the kinds of interactions that we need our school resource officers to be doing. and. If, if that's not something that you're into, then this job isn't for you. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, I, am, I don't want to do the SWAT team. That's, mm -hmm. that's not a job for me. Um, so instead, I'm on crisis negotiations. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do that role. Um, we want a person who wants to interact positively with these students. And when we have to react to a law being broken, to react appropriately, um, we we know these kids and we know the trouble ones already so when they do something wrong we we know how to handle that uh, without blowing it out of proportion which cannot be cannot be easy mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, talk about both sides of that uh, you do have to have a lot of judgment right it's it's still something where your job is based upon split sec often split second decisions um, Today's environment is so subject to second guessing, right? On so many fronts, um, how do you handle that? Uh, if say uh, someone is starting, uh, 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 it's 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 it must be near impossible to to be able to to react to so many different types of things. Uh, is is that sort of go back to what you're saying? Someone does have to have the right instincts. Oh, and temperament for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, on the road, you may pull up on a, on a fight and see your, your only option as, you know, taking out your, your pepper spray and dispersing a crowd. Um, in a school, you, you need to think twice before you're doing something like that. Mm -hmm. If there's a fight going on, you need to, to get in there and break it up. Um, you, you disperse pepper spray in a school building, you're going to have a lot of affected people and you're going to cause a lot of other outcomes that you didn't want. Um, so split second decision making and, and common sense. Um, so many, so many people, you know, they're a bad kid, they're doing bad things, we need to treat them like a criminal. But that's school resource officers don't see it that way. You know, a kid is a kid, all right? And they didn't they, they weren't born this way, and there were events leading up to this point, you know. So, yes, we're going to correct them. We're going to charge them if we need to. Um, but there are, I mean, we run a teen court program for Harford County where we try to rehabilitate these kids, show them some, some other ways um, so that they can see, you know what, hey, that was a wrong decision. Let's, let's do something different next time. That's the kind of people that school resources are. Um, and that's not just a Harford County thing. That is a, a national thing. The National Association of School Resource Officers is a, a, a worldwide organization that trains SROs uh, to some standards. How, how, what, what would you say to parents, students, any of us, uh, on, you know, making your 
job easier, not by easier, I mean cushy, meaning more effective because it's such a great responsibility um, and such a great opportunity right. uh, to engage uh, as a law enforcement officer with kids during their formative years. Mm -hmm. um, what are things that we just miss? We, uh, uh, what advice would you give students and parents on the SRO and things that they can do to prevent things from getting out of hand or unnecessarily causing right, right. disruption or worse? My, my biggest thing, and I've been hammering this for uh, probably nine years or so, um, is technology. And that has really taken over the majority of, of what we deal with at this point. Um, when, when I first started, um, we had this weapons board that they were weapons that were confiscated from different incidents in the county. Um, it, we're not talking guns or anything, mm -hmm. but knives and uh, I, I don't. Know, it was so old, and okay. we would act, they would they would tell it you have to bring this, and each school would have it for a week, and they'd sit it in the cafeteria, and kids would be like, "Oh, that looks really cool," right. and we were like, "You know what? Um, maybe we shouldn't be doing this anymore," and so. Then technology started up, and everybody started getting smartphones, and everybody started getting on Snapchat and all of the other apps. And it was at Falston Middle School where we noticed an increase in cyberbullying, cyber harassment. And we said, you know what, we need to start educating our parents and our kids on this issue. And um, I got with a guidance counselor there at Falston Middle School, and we came up with a program. And I have been doing that program for parents mostly um, for about eight years all over wow. the county. And it's, we need parents, first of all, to, to be parents. That is a, that's a huge thing. And we need them to realize that giving your kid a smartphone, carte blanche, and saying, hey, happy birthday, go for it, and never look at it again, that's a huge, huge issue. Um, I tell my parents, you never just, on their 16th birthday, throw them the keys to the car and say, hey, go ahead, have fun, mm -hmm. without giving them driver's ed, without giving them hours behind the mm -hmm. wheel. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do with technology, and it is detrimental to our students, um, and it causes a lot of issues in our schools. Wow. And uh, you, uh, one thing uh, uh, you folks mentioned was um, uh, just things that people, kids joke about mm -hmm. that are no joking matter. Right. Um, because a the cry wolf thing is that the more people joke about it, the less seriously someone's going to take something right, real. Right. Plus, it could cause panic. Um, uh, just talk about that, and um, and let's lump that in with uh, kids are often very reluctant to dime in. Well, it's an old term I use. Dropping a dime on somebody was when you make uh, a phone call, but now it's snitching. Drop a quarter. Or, Drop a credit card or something. Drop a minute. He dimed me in. If you can yeah. find it, hang out. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so you have people joking, uh, people afraid to 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 say something that may save their right. friend's life, mm -hmm. who is engaging in some behavior that's a danger to them or someone else. Right. And also, kids will post something on Facebook as opposed to coming to you about it. Absolutely. So talk about that. And parents. And parents, right. parents, yep. Really? They get in the mix too. I think that we see, when you joke on, on social media, a student might put up something that they think is funny, 
To others, it may be read as, a, as an overt or a veiled threat to the school. We are going to follow up and actively investigate every single one of those. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, without a doubt. Because as you're talking about, we don't know at the onset if it's a joke or if it's a credible threat. So mm -hmm. every one of them is now having law enforcement um, resources. So that means, wow. even in the middle of the night, uh -huh. if this comes to our attention at 2 a.m. and it's your child's phone, we will be knocking on your door at 2 o'clock in the morning to talk to the child, to see if it's a credible threat, to see if you have weapon. We're going to run through that whole thing. You know, we're not going to wait till the next morning when school comes in. What confuses that situation and creates extra panic is the sharing of that message. If you see a message on social media as a student or a parent that really you think, I just don't know about this, mm -hmm. it's better to be safe. You know, see something, say something, but be cautious who you do that to. Call your resource officer. You know, mm -hmm. Robert is there as a resource to to all the students and the families of, of Patterson Mill. Make um, you know, make a, a relationship with him. Call him and talk to him. Call. But the the one thing that creates the extra level of panic and and now it becomes like a and well, we'll go with your drop a dime, like an old game of telephone of like where mm -hmm. did this start, is when we have people just reposting it and retweeting mm -hmm. it on social media because now it grows into something. Um, a lot bigger and I think that parents do it is they're trying to warn others but it creates a lot of confusion in us getting to the, the bottom of that investigation right away. So that is the one thing that um, you know parents, students, anybody, if you see something on social media that's alarming to you, call the precinct, um, get in touch with the school, talk to your resource officer, please don't just share it because you, you think it's helpful but it's actually a stumbling block to our investigation. Mm -hmm. And, and I and I will say I've I've called the sheriff's office probably four or five times over the past five six seven years, uh, just because that's how you know uh, uh, it's, it's with the sheriff and folks like you, Christy, and they it's the thing to do because we can't do anything about it if we don't know about it. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever I've called, there was someone walking down nine twenty four few months ago seemed very disoriented and that shoulder on 924 south of festival yeah is it, non-existent it, yeah <laughs> and they they were clearly disoriented right. um so i called up and you know and it, it i was partly thinking well what, what are they going to say and the the woman who answered took the info asked me exactly where thanked me for calling and i'm sure they sent a car out and sure. so People aren't, uh, the police, the last thing the police do when you call is like sort of denigrate you for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, raising your hand or calling out something. Um, so, and it can mean life and death or, or whatever. So. Whenever you call 911 or the precinct, a deputy responds. That's, that's just how it is. Yeah. That's um, good to know and people probably, most people may not know that. They may just think it goes into some file somewhere. Crazy Bob Mumby calling again. But, yeah. you know, but that's really good to know. People write in messages to Facebook all the time, which yeah. I oversee our social media. And we have, please don't don't send it to Facebook because that is not staffed 24 hours a right. day. Right. But a lot of times what people do is they'll send us a message on Facebook and they'll say, I didn't want to bother a deputy. They want to be, that is their job. That mm -hmm. is why right. we are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you need something or something, call 911, call the non-emergency number, call the precinct and, you know, 
no no matter is too small right. or mm -hmm. you know, please don't think that you're bothering us. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a matter of call or not call. It's a matter of do I call 911? Is this a real emergency or do I call the non-emergency number? But call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of us, at least my generation, it was, you know, we're conditioned, oh, it's not cool. But it's the coolest thing you could do because it could be make the, make a difference. Um, Absolutely. And I know with the Facebook posts, because I, I see it, you know, some the game of telephone, as you mentioned, Christy, some mother will post, and then four generations later, or this message, you had some kid up against the wall, you know, <laughs> threatening him, which you didn't. Hopefully not that, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it's so irresponsible. Um, so I guess that's something that we can't drive in, drive into each other's heads enough. Uh, another thing you're doing um, uh, is, I think, so great because we touched on it already, uh, getting people comfortable with the role that law enforcement plays for them um, uh, in their daily lives. So I, uh, talk about the criminal justice club yes we um we've had criminal justice clubs in every high school where the sheriff's office is staffed um for a number of years now um and it, it actually at c milton wright deputy khalid mitchell shout out to him um he's now at joppa town high school but he was at c milton wright for many years and he had a, a start club um, where he had an after-school club where kids could interact with law enforcement. They'd take field trips and they'd have guest speakers and it was a, a really great program. And a few years ago, uh, the captain at the time said, hey, you know what, I think every school should be doing that. Um, and we said, yay, that's a great idea. Um, and then once we started, really? uh, well, something like that. Um, and then but once I got it going, I was at Falston at the time, and there were so many kids who wanted to be involved and know more about law enforcement, know more about criminal justice. Because we're not just talking about, you know, what we're doing right now with these kids. We're talking about, hey, this is something you may be interested in doing after you graduate from here. So criminal justice clubs, um, it is a great opportunity for for kids to get to know the SRO and get to know the criminal justice field, which that it's it's so broad, criminal justice. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're talking anywhere from you know a state attorney to the FBI. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it's a very broad field, and each club does um, their own thing when it comes to presentations, field trips. Um, last spring, the criminal justice club up at North Harford led by uh, Eric Blottenberger. Uh, his club and my club, we did a dual trip out uh, west, and we did white water rafting. Oh, my gosh. Um, because you know what? When the kids are with us, um, they're not doing other things, all right? And, and we get a lot of our money comes from the Office of Drug Control and Policy, Joe Ryan. He gives us grants. And, um, you know, we tell them, this is where our money's coming from. Um, and we talk about how substance abuse and heroin and, and all of this stuff, is, it's going to veer you away from your dreams. Mm -hmm. And so when we're out there whitewater rafting, we're talking mm -hmm. about how, you know what, if this is important to you, then stay with it. And mm -hmm. don't let anybody convince you otherwise. Um, so we, we really have a lot of fun with it. 
Um, and uh, I think through our criminal justice clubs, we get a lot of kids to come to our youth academies that we have in the summertime. Um, we get kids to join the Explorers uh, post with the Sheriff's Office. Um, and then we have kids volunteer for Teen Court, uh, which we hold every month as well. So there are a lot of opportunities um, to, to get involved in the community. Uh, so it, we like it. It's a lot of fun. What do people do, like uh, also um, Citizen Police Academy, things like that? So what do people do? They, they just go to the website if they want to be more involved? Yeah, right. Once the applications are available, everything is on the website. Um, and my students know that as soon as January hits, I will hit them hard with posters, <laughs> announcements, emails. I will be in every single social studies classroom hmm. um, talking about Youth Academy. And the teachers love it. They, they love having me come in. And, and I'm, not, I'm not the type of person that walks into a classroom unannounced and just wants to interact. I, I know my role mm -hmm. in the school and I know the teacher's role. And I know they have such rigorous um, goals that they need to, to meet every day with their kids. Um, so, but when I'm invited and I ask to come in, uh, I have a blast. I really do. Um, and that's HartfordSheriff.org. Yes. Um, singular, HartfordSheriff.org. Um, let's talk about um, opioids and um, that in the school environment. Um, it feels like, and thank God for the sheriff's office and government and Joe Ryan and Amber Schroeds and their team at ODCP and um, the schools, because it feels like we've come a long way as far as prevention and education and destigmatization. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, five years ago, there was maybe seven years ago, there was almost a resistance in the school system to report things because it looked bad. For stat mm -hmm. reports, mm -hmm. um, it, it feels like we, we've we've come a long way on that. Um, I, I just I want to say that member Seventh Wish, yeah, Kate um, Messner. Uh, Kate Messner. She An wrote author. a book uh, about a thirteen-year-old girl sister went away to school and became addicted, and it was about the family thought. You know, we, we must have done something wrong, or this is a this is we're lepers, we're we're not human, we're failures. Uh, our daughter has weak moral character, uh, and this the young girl going through that, dealing with that, like oh, she was saying, "Are we the people in those videos?" My right. sister signed the dare car. Right. How could she, she do right. this? Right. Um, and she had librarians and uh, school superintendents up and down the East Coast when she came to talk about the book said you could talk about your other 29 books but not about that one mm. and she this was a tour of middle schools that she was mm -hmm. doing that the library um, sponsored um, as well um, and do, do you do you notice a change now where people become or are people a more willing uh, how to talk about your position that because you probably can tell see a lot of signs that others aren't trained to look for absolutely we um i, I said we we use a, a team approach um especially at patterson mill um and you know when we've got a kid on the radar that um, we think they may be involved in drug use whether it's you know opioids whether it's uh just a lot of alcohol um you know 
we, we're watching them. We're making sure that if, if they need to be talking to somebody, they're, they're talking to somebody. Um, if we need to bring parents in, we're doing that. Um, and we've been very open the last few years. Um, again, thanks to you know county government and um, getting the message out about heroin and, and where it starts. You know that it, it starts after that um, that athletic accident because you mm -hmm. broke a bone and you were given pain pills and and now you're addicted. Um, I speak in health classrooms all the time about where it starts, and I, I do presentations on heroin stats, and I show video segments of uh, the task force when they were on Nat Geo, you know, going after heroin dealers, because I want them to know that, you know what, especially at Patterson Mill, that this is not a northern end of the county thing, right. this is not a southern end, this is a whole county thing, this is a whole country thing. And so we want you to be aware because with the more information you have, you can make better decisions. And, and I tell my kids, I'm not going to be there with you at the party where you're offered the drugs and the alcohol. Um, but I want me to be in the back of your head when that offer comes up and say, hey, you know what? I think Kovacs was talking about this in class a few mm -hmm. weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, so, be I mean, besides being more open about it in class, I mean, now mm -hmm. we have Narcan in the schools. Um, we have several doses in it besides in the nurse's office. Narcan's in the AED boxes, um, readily available for use. Um, and all teachers, uh, if they wanted to get trained on how to use it, um, they were trained. So. It's out there, we talk about it more, and um, now all we can do is really hope that the kids are understanding the seriousness of this. And, and some of them know exactly because they have, you know, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, um, and relatives who have been affected by heroin somehow. Is it, um, as far as if you could talk to people, first of all with Narcan, is it easy to use? Absolutely. Someone, oh, yeah. Um, so... And so people shouldn't be intimidated by using it. And if you use it and maybe the person wasn't approaching cardiac arrest or an OD, it doesn't it does harm not, them. It does not harm them at all, no. better in, in those instances, better to be safe than sorry. Okay. Um, uh, interesting. Um, and, and I guess it's just something that it's just a, a constant a constant battle um, and we'll talk about that uh, in a minute um, uh, what else uh, 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 Robert um, you went into this for because you have an affinity for it you realize you're making a difference and you've obviously been instrumental in expanding this to all the schools what do you, what's your takeaway from that what's um, one of the most satisfying things that uh, of an impact you know you've made. Right. How does that feel? Uh, it, it's great. Um, I, I'm very fortunate that I've, I've dealt with some really excellent kids in my schools. And I, I've seen them do great things after they graduate. Um, this last graduation class, I had a student. She was the, uh, the president of my criminal justice club. Um, and... and it's those things, you don't know the impact you're making on somebody mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, but she wrote me a, a really nice letter after graduation talking about how appreciative she was. Um, I wrote her a letter of recommendation. Um, 
and how she was going. She's got Mount St. Mary's now studying criminal justice, wow. and, and she, she hopes that one day she can come back um, and, and be a deputy. And it, it, makes me, it makes me tear up knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing my job and, and caring about kids. And if, if all the SROs are doing that, then we're making a huge impact on, on this population. Fantastic. And for a lot of kids who were socialized, because to, to just view law enforcement as, um, especially kids who come from an urban environment or um, a, a more disadvantaged environment where there's maybe not as much resources at home for education, you could be changing their view of the value right. a police officer has to their lives as opposed to being someone who they shouldn't trust or they should fear or and who knows how much difference that makes in these kids in all of our lives. Anytime we can have a positive effect on a kid's life, that that's going to make future interactions better. And by expanding the program to the middle schools, um, we, we are always at the middle schools. We were just sharing between high school and middle school. Mm -hmm. So our presence wasn't there all the time uh, like it is uh, at the high schools now. Um, but if you're there all the time with these kids and you're in the cafeteria with them and, you know, they're playing basketball in the gym and you, you go in there and you shoot a, through, uh, a few hoops with them, um, then they're going to get to trust you and right. know you. You're and a person, not a police officer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's going to have a huge impact on, on the way we interact with these kids. And you know what? And then these kids... They, they know that we're good people, so that if their parents are having issues at, at home and we show up, even if it's not the school resource officer, they're going to see this uniform and going to know, hey, you know what, I'm familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be afraid. Hmm. It's so, so important. Yep, that's great value. Well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll skip the break, Leslie, if you don't mind. Oh, boy. Um, it's okay with me. Um, and we do want to talk to... Um, Robert and Christy about a few other things, and we'll do some library events. All right. Um, first question. Uh-oh. There it is. He's looking straight at me. So, I know he is. <laughs> um, Gaylor and Bodeway, or as they're now known, Starsky and Hutch. Yes, oh, boy. Oh, my God, they are. I got the phone call, and I said, is this a joke? <laughs> but here's what you have to know about our sheriff and our commanders. This is not... Um, different than their everyday interaction mm -hmm. with the public. I will tell you that every year, um, right at midnight or before leading up to midnight on New, New Year's, Year's Eve, yep. the, the sheriff and his commanders are out, they're at the precincts, they're, they're driving around, they're assisting with patrol. So while I kind of did a double take when I got the phone call, I really was not surprised that uh -huh. this happened, that this is, this is them completely, that they were on their way to... Um, an event at Windsor Valley, a community event that one of our deputies actually organizes every year. Because I, the next question I had was, you were all there together? Right, why? <laughs> right. Why? <laughs> so, they're, you know, they're, they're headed out to this, this organization um, to be part of this community event. The bolo for the carjacking comes out, and literally they, they see this taxi that wow. has been carjacked in Joppa Town pass by. Oh and I am not in the least bit surprised that our sheriff, um, started in a pursuit and, and was calling out the pursuit and um, other deputies went to then assist on the other end to stop and the suspect mm -hmm. did ram into two police cars. Mm -hmm. um, one 
um, I don't I don't know what the rank of the other deputy was, but one was the was the colonel, the chief deputy. <laughs> so I, we kind of um, it was a serious story because these things do happen in our community. So mm-hmm. we always want people to know from a safety standpoint that these things do happen, and we also we're, we're pretty good at catching the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, in this instance, it's a really bad day for you when when oh my the gosh. sheriff is the sheriff, right? And <laughs> you right. go right by him, and you go, oh my gosh, right? It's so, like you know. What must this guy have been thinking? Like, oh, <laughs> right, right. So, but but again, that is characteristic of of our commanders and our mm-hmm. sheriff and, and all of them that they they are readily available in the communities at the precincts and and on the street. And whether that means pulling somebody over that's driving erratically and mm-hmm. offering them a warning, they they're there to they're policemen first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've backed up the sheriff at least twice on traffic stops. Really? <laughs> at, on my way home. I, oh, the sheriff just called out a stop. Okay. <laughs> Let me go see what he's doing. <laughs> well, that's a, he's a great he's a great example. Um, like I said, he walk he walks it like he talks it. Whether Absolutely. it comes to mm-hmm. something uh, in the department that may need to be investigated, he doesn't. It's let's cover it. This is not time for for you know, being, yes. you know, uh, for dodging anything. Sure. That's one of the most admirable things about Deal him. with it, be transparent, and, and let the public know what's what's happening. And that's all part of building trust. Even when we have to tell you something that's uncomfortable for all of us, you, the public deserves to know that these things are happening. We can't always tell you the whole story because of, there's usually an active investigation, mm-hmm. but we want you to know what's going on and and let you know in a timely fashion. Whatever information we can give you, we will. Was uh, Colonel Bodeway as difficult to get to dance as it seemed? <laughs> Such a great time. Yeah, Such a fun. great time. A lot of fun. <laughs> We're talking about the, what is it, the lip sync performance? The lip performance sync challenge. Yeah, if right. you've been in a cave somewhere and, right. and haven't seen it, tell right. us about the... Well, Robert was the star of that, so yes. I really... I was one of the stars. What, one of the stars. He, he was the star of the bloopers. If I you, was the star of the bloopers, If you If you yes. haven't seen it... Um, a lot of it, people did it. Yeah, they didn't watch it all the way to the I didn't end. Watch the yeah. blooper reels yeah. at the end. Yeah. What a great way. You know, oh, it, I didn't know about the blooper. Yeah, watch it all the way to the end. Watch it all the way to the end. People say what a waste of resources. No, not this nothing is, was wasted nothing, there. No. We were all volunteers is, there. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I I was said ahead of time we were talking about this. I know my limitation as well. So the first thing I did was bring in a director choreographer. Um, she was from Ragebox Dance Center and donated her time. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, you'll find this hard to believe, 90 minutes beginning to end. 90 minutes wow. from the time she showed up there, yep. taught them the routine. We did two takes. 90 minutes later, we, we were done and, and everybody was back to what they needed to do. But this is exactly, you know, we talk about the SROs and the roles of the SROs and relationship building and community service. This is exactly... Robert's showing his bloopers right now, right. so that. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Oh, <laughs> no deputies were injured in filming. No, no, no. no. Maybe embarrassed, but maybe, not. That's yeah. it. Maybe that's some it. Great, probably not even embarrassed. No, right? it was fun. It was no. all in good fun. Oh, I'm gonna watch that. What's the mm-hmm. Facebook is the best thing to do? Or? Facebook, it's on our Facebook, YouTube. Or YouTube. Yeah. Okay. We actually were just in the USA Today bracket challenge. Yeah, on, we on lost the lip sync video. Yeah, I know. We won I the was, first round. Yeah. We lost the second Which round. Which is awesome. So, yeah. so was there Monday morning quarterback? 
quarterbacking about the direction or the choreography? <laughs> There's always going to be comments. <laughs> you know what I thought was the funniest? The Monday, Monday morning quarterback in, was the funniest to me was the deputies that originally said, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. And oh. then they watched it and they all said, oh, I should have done, done that. That looks like so much fun. So yeah. You snooze, you lose. That's right. And now you're a star. You're a star. You had a lot of good, star. like, people who had rhythm. Oh, I know. Like, they were fantastic. They were, with all the gear on. Like, they were moving. And the canines. You know, yes. everybody loves a dog everybody in the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, what is his name, the little the dog that was here? Uh, oh, D.O.G. was here. D.O.G. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Yeah, that was good. We'll have to have them back on. That was a nice show. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, let's talk about Comstat quickly. Um, Comstat. That's... Um, we can't talk about it quickly, can we? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other show. <laughs> but it is good. Uh, it, it's First of all, it's this collaboration effort. And I think the Aegis did a great job of pointing Absolutely. that out. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's really a massive amount of data. And a lot of the times it's just it's link, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, or making connections. But tell us about Comstat. And so Comstat is our weekly law enforcement crime investigation meeting. And everybody attends that meeting from Hartford County Sheriff's Office commanders to parole and probation, um, to the director of school safety at, at the schools, um, the state attorney's office, all the municipalities, oh, wow. um, Department of Natural Resources, Maryland State Police, APG Police, all of these hmm. law enforcement um, leaders come together once a week and we literally go through the kind of the high profile crimes and then the nuisance quality of life crimes that are happening in the community. Um, the Panera theft is a big one that we talk about. We talk about thefts from vehicles. We talk about car thefts. And then if there's been major crimes as a shooting or a stabbing, these are all things that we go over in detail and we all get briefed on them. And what we find is that collaborative effort between all of those agencies really does help to solve crime. Or there's a video of um, juveniles committing a crime that then gets sent out to the SROs after that meeting and, you know, Robert knows hey. his students, <laughs> right. he can help right. identify some of those people as well. Hmm. And, you know, if we're experiencing theft from vehicles in where we patrol, you know, Bel Air's not immune, Howard Grace isn't immune, Aberdeen isn't immune, so right. a lot of these people are, are common names to all of us, mm -hmm. and, and you kind of look around and Howard Grace might say, hey, I've, I've got that, I, you know, and the information sharing is really very valuable in solving crimes mm -hmm. and creating a better community for Hartford County. What the sheriff wanted to do was give the community members kind of a bird's eye view into that. And certainly there were things that were law enforcement sensitive that we couldn't talk about that night, but we ran that meeting just like we would any other CompSet meeting, going over all of those major issues, going over a heroin briefing, so that our community could see this is what we do on a weekly basis, this is how we come together and solve crime. That's fantastic, what a great idea. Uh, in, in, like everything that you're talking about, anything that can help everyone understand and be engaged with what the job you're doing is, showing these, I was going to use a bad word, these people <laughs> at Panera that, can, you know, it, 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 it does a lot for all of us. A, it makes us realize what how like, vulnerable these we are, people too. are, but and also how unaware yes, right. and unguarded this right. person was. I don't know whether it was a man or a woman or who they... I think it was a woman it's they a stole woman. from her mm -hmm. purse, mm -hmm. hanging, the hanging, purse on the back hanging of her over chair. the back of her chair. 
and she was so engrossed in the conversation, assumedly, that she didn't hear these tables being dragged up behind her and things like that. So I also, it's really great that you guys do that. And I think that in that, in the Panera situations, not only are you you're involved in eating, you're looking down at your food, you're talking to your friend, but these people that are, are preying on those community members are really good. They're very good. At what they do. Yep. That they, they can bump into you or they move a chair or they move a table. And, you know, somebody bumps into you and you think, oh, gosh, and you, you kind of readjust. Like or, and you'll right. say, oh, I'm sorry. And not realizing that that is kind of the, the setup. And the woman that was the victim, she actually wrote on our Facebook page, she has a tracker in her wallet. But they did not take her wallet. They took her purse off her chair, took out her wallet, took out what they wanted, put the wallet back in, hung it back on her chair, and had used her credit cards before she had even, you know, really realized what had happened. So they are wow. they are professionals, and so you know that that is their job is to. So you shouldn't feel bad because how no. you know. But you need you need do need to be aware yeah. and keep track of. We we all have done it where we sat our purse in a grocery cart. Oh yeah. Especially you have little ones, you're kind of like not paying attention. You're before you know it, your your wallet can be gone. Um, Panera seems to be being hit pretty hard right now, um, and we're looking at some similarities. And if this is a group of people that are committing these crimes, if it's just one set, um, we see this kind of in a, in a cycle hitting multiple Paneras at a time, and it might go away for a year and come back. So we think that it could be part of a bigger theft crime ring as well. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at all possibilities. Yeah, and uh, on that note, on bigger thefts or crime ring rings, either informal or organized, what, Felony Lane. Felony Lane Gang. What is that? The Felony Lane Gang. Felony Lane Gang, you me to go? Oh, okay. <laughs> he pointed back to me, Felony Lane Gang. <laughs> the half of the quarterback uh, With big eyes. tried <laughs> to lateral the ball there on the end around option play, and the uh, running back threw it back to the quarterback. Felony Lane is, is an organized um, crime ring, if you will, that they actually started in Florida, and they run operations all the way down the, uh, up and down the, the East Coast. Um, they, different than what we see, where we see a whole bunch of people pulling door handles and looking for the unlocked car, these folks are targeted in smashing a window and grabbing something out of a vehicle. They will watch you. So if they see you cover up your bag before you go inside, they're, they're sitting in the, in the parking lots and they are watching you. They're usually targeting places like the mom-pa, they're targeting um, daycares, daycares, they're targeting schools. schools, anywhere where a lot of times people, a gym, you might leave your stuff in your car to go run in real quick and run out real quick. You come mm -hmm. back, your window is smashed and they've taken the things out. Um, they, they are working in a ring, generally they have, um, they're targeting women mm -hmm. and generally they have um, females working with them. They have IDs and things like that. They will actually try to disguise themselves to pass these, pass checks. Um, and they drive through what is known as the felony lane at a bank, which is the lane farthest from the building because now my bank has a little computer screen and all, mm -hmm. but it didn't used to be that way. So mm -hmm. it would be the hardest to be able to identify somebody they would have on a disguise. Okay. They would pass these fake checks. So we see people who have been victimized and their checks are then passed at others, other states around around the country so they're not they are working in an organized ring up and down so again the messaging that we said we, you know, we we try to keep things short turn around don't drown like um, lock your vehicles take your valuables it's not enough to just cover up your laptop or cover up your purse and your take your vehicle take your valuables out of your vehicle and lock your cars but we don't do it 
What the heck yeah. is wrong with us? Because the good news is we live in Harford County, which is a fantastic place to live in. And if thefts from vehicles is one of the, the, the largest crimes that we're fighting right now, that is fantastic news. Crime mm -hmm. rates are down in our community, and I love that people feel safe. But <laughs> there are people that are looking to prey on you, and you know we, we do need to be cautious. And, and that starts at an early age, that unawareness. I'll stand in my cafeteria, and my kids will run into the cafeteria, they'll throw down their cell phone to save their spot at a table, and then they'll go off to the line. And I, some there are a, mo a lot of times I will go over and I will take their cell phone <coughs> and I'll stand there with it because I'm not going to take a report for a missing cell phone right, because right. you left it there. You know, right. I mean, I will if you I will, need to. Will. I will. <laughs> but if I can prevent it and be proactive, sure. I'm going to do that. You know, so I'll stand there with it until they come back, and then I'll joke with them, like, what are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. and they'll leave purses as place savers, cell phones. And, and you just, you cannot do that. Because if you're doing it here, you're doing it when you run out to the gym or you right. run into the Safeway. You know, like, we need to be thinking about this stuff. Aware of your surroundings, we. I, I loved the graphics that we did. You know, a phone. Now, my goodness, if you go to get a new phone and they tell you what the retail value of it, and it's like six, seven, eight hundred dollars, depending on what you have. And we say to the students, "Would you leave six hundred dollars sitting on that table?" Right. No. Yep. Mm -hmm. So no, don't, that's true. Don't leave it's your parents' cell phones sitting there either. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And then we we will blame uh, law enforcement. Like we were the front line there. We caused that crime to happen. But yet. It's somebody else's fault because they we don't have a million police officers hired in Harford County to be inside everyone's shorts every, every minute of every day. <laughs> help us right. help you. That's yes, right. there you go. Well, you thank go. thank you, folks. And we're gonna speaking about an, uh, another institution who we have to thank on a daily basis. Uh, tell us about uh, some library events, Leslie. Well, we have a lot of great things coming up. Um, the first one that's coming up that I want to talk about today is our One Maryland, One Book. We are having an author visit. Tim Junkin, who wrote the book Bloodsworth, he's going to visit this fall to discuss this book at our Abingdon Library on Tuesday, October 2nd at 7 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Um, and if any of you lived in Baltimore at the time this happened, you will remember this was a huge deal. Um, it's a true crime account. Um, and I think everyone will be shocked by Kurt Bloodworth. He's the, the topic of the story. His horrific ordeal as an innocent man fighting his way out of the justice system. Um, he was the first to use DNA to be exonerated. So, you know, times have changed and the evidence is there and um, he utilized it. So it should be a really engrossing night. Go to hcplonline.org and um, reserve your seat. Again, it's open to the public. You don't have to, but we encourage you to reserve yourself a seat there. Um, then we have our gala coming up on Saturday, October 13th. And um, if you were lucky enough to get one of our tickets that sold out in like 35 minutes. I could not believe wow. that. I know. Oh, I, I know. watched that on the computer. That's fantastic. That yeah, is great. It was great. Um, we had a happy hour last night at Horizon Cinemas in Falston. Thank you oh, for hosting us. string around my finger. Yeah, we didn't see you there, Bob. <laughs> um, and we revealed our um, live auction items, which are fantastic this year. So feel free to go to um, eveninginthestacks.org and take a look at those if you're coming to the event. Bob, I have one earmarked for you. 
you need to start saving your money now. Oh, that's right. What was this? Um, Colin, uh, Paul <clears throat> Colin from Bad Company. He is... I went Eddie, to one of his dinners. Did you? Oh my gosh, Eddie that was so you guys amazing. posted on that, yes. didn't you? That was, fan that was fantastic. It was fantastic. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Once yeah. He, He's he from makes, Bad Company, right? He makes dinner. Uh, he has wine Drinks wine. And then he plays your own private concert. It is fantastic. Wow, on the deputy salary, I can't afford such uh, things. <laughs> we, we were invited. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. She was a lucky guest. <laughs> yeah, I was the plus one. <laughs> So that's one of our um, more unique uh, live auction items. So again, go to eveninginthestacks.org and check those out. And then we just have a lot of great things happening um, in our branches. We are, now that summer's over and kids are in school, if you have some time to volunteer, we have a wonderful program called Partners in Reading. And you can become a reading buddy for an elementary-aged reluctant reader. So we'll train you in how to... Um, really get that child engaged in reading and it's a very rewarding wonderful experience and um, registration for the training is um, finished up on October 5th so be sure to go to hcplonline.org and look for that and then we just have a wonderful event coming up on Monday September 17th um, helping your child overcome anxiety and I think that's something that a lot of parents deal with. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of parents are ill-equipped. I'm sure, Robert, you can yep, um, attest to that, that, you know, we all grew up a certain way, and if your child's different than what you grew up in, um, it may be a little diffi difficult to address. So uh, we have a guest speaker that night. She is a Bel Air native. Her name is Dr. Shreya Hessler, and um, she is the founder and director of Mindset Center in Bel Air. And she wrote a picture book called Bianca Finds Her Bounce. And uh, she'll give insight on helping children cope with anxiety and depression in a really creative and effective way. Um, books will be available for purchase and signing that evening. And again, that is Monday, September 17th. So if that looks of interest to you, it'll be at our Bel Air Library. Nice. It's unbelievable. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. And the word of the day is Hedwig. There you go. Glad now, that's it. We're trying to work that into as many conversations. I know, yeah. I know. Okay, let's regroup at the end of the day. Yeah. Say the secret word. Well, we're going to, well, we have another secret word, but we can't say it. No, it's that secret. We can't say it. All righty. All right, um, guys. I think we're done for today. That's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. Thank you.